Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column agent's take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. This week we're going to uh, recap the major deals from this year's trade deadline. Um, the NFL trade deadline passed at Tuesday, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, November one. It was the most eventful trade deadline in NFL history. Normally, the trade line trade deadline is anticlimactic or uneventful, but this year um, we had 11 moves trades formally executed on Tuesday. That includes the one trade of Roquan Smith um, being announced on Monday, but not being formally um, executed until. Tuesday. That never happens. Usually there's maybe one move, eventful major move, maybe a couple of minor moves, but nothing like this year. Um, This was similar to what you might see in Major League Baseball or the NBA. I think part of it might be because of the way the uh, new generation of GMs that are younger uh, don't have the same attachment to draft picks that the prior generation did. Um, The older GMs that, for the most part, aren't in the league anymore, those guys would hold on to draft picks like tooth and nail, would rarely trade them during the middle of the season. You'd be hard-pressed to see these guys do anything unless they got a deal which just blew them away. Um, You got teams this year which are – in a position where they think they can win a Super Bowl or get there, and they're going for broke. So there are some minor trades which took place, like cornerback uh, uh, Rashad Fenton going from Kansas City to Atlanta for a conditional seventh-round pick. Uh, Dean Marlowe, uh, safety, goes from Atlanta to Buffalo for conditional seventh-round seventh draft choice in 2023. William Jackson, who probably was going to get released by the Commanders, goes to Pittsburgh along with a conditional seventh-round pick in 2025 for conditional sixth-round pick in 2025. Those are some of the the minor moves. Then you have Jeff Wilson, second trade Miami makes, uh, goes from... San Francisco to Miami for a 2023 fifth-round pick. Jacob Martin, defensive end, goes from the Jets along with a uh, 2024 fifth-round pick to Denver for conditional 
fourth-round pick in 2024. That kind of makes up for the Bradley Chubb trade we're going to uh, talk about. Um, Buffalo gets uh, Naeem Himes from Indianapolis for Zach Moss in conditional 2023 sixth-round pick. Now, let's move on to the uh, uh, bigger trades. And then for Buffalo, that was really – now they got a pass-catching running back they didn't have. Uh, before and Buffalo is the odds-on favorite to come out of the AFC. Now, Baltimore made a trade with the Bears, um, try to shore up a defense which has blown two 17-point leads. This was uh, getting Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears for a 2023 second-round pick, a 2023 fifth-round pick. And A.J. Klein goes over for linebacker Roquan Smith. Um, as we all know, Roquan Smith and the Bears had a very acrimonious uh, contract negotiation during the offseason where he requested a trade. The Bears at the time did not want to trade him. He was holding in during the uh, preseason and then once contract talks broke off, he came back and he's been a true professional and has been named, uh, was a captain. Second trade the Bears have made in the last few days that uh, last week Robert Quinn went to uh, the Eagles for a fourth round pick. Um, just like in that trade, the Bears are eating a ton of salary. Um, Baltimore had about $2.6 million of cap room before the trade. And there was $5,408,333 of salary left on Roquan Smith's 9.735 fifth-year option. So the only way this was going to work is by eating salary. So out of the that remaining money, $4,833,333 is being eaten by um, the Bears. So that means that's only $575,000 of cap space that was needed for Roquan for the rest of the year. Now, this sets up an interesting situation with the uh, Ravens. They only have one tag they can use, franchise or transition. That is earmarked for Lamar Jackson. The tag deadline is March 7th, 2023. That's the last day you can tag somebody, so... They're either going to have a nine-game rental for Roquan Smith and let him hit the open market and potentially lose him, or they're going to work out something between now and then because uh, the only way he gets a franchise tag is if Lamar Jackson gets a deal done. And a hold-up isn't really money. It's guarantees. Lamar has wanted a fully guaranteed contract. Steve Bishotti. The Ravens owner has not been willing to give it to him, so something's got to give. Either Shoddy is going to be willing to give him the full guaranteed contract, Lamar's going to have some more flexibility. If not, he'll get a franchise tag, and that will be the exclusive tag, uh, most likely, for 45 point, which projects right now to 45.248 um, million. Now, this kind of gives Roquan Smith some leverage. Um, Roquan wanted to be the highest paid um, off ball linebacker. Um, his negotiations with the Bears. So it will be interesting to see, particularly if he has the impact on the defense that they think he will. He's the best 
um, off-ball linebacker they've had since they lost C.J. Mosley to the Jets in 2019 free agency. Mosley, someone that the Ravens want to retain, did not stick a franchise tag on him. And the Jets just dramatically reset the that market. The top of the market was Luke Keekley at basically about 12-5 a year. And they went to 17 on a five-year deal for C.J. Mosley with $51 million in overall guarantees, 43 basically fully guaranteed at signing. So top of the linebacker market now is Darius Leonard. And Darius Leonard's deal averages $19.7 million. So I presumably Roquan wants to be the first $20 million per year off-ball linebacker. Now, what's interesting about the uh, Bears is – they were tracking to have about $100 million in cap room before the uh, Robert Quinn trade. So now, depending upon where the cap comes in next year, could be 225 could be a little higher, $225 million that is. They could have upwards to $115 million of cap space. So they're probably going to be active in free agency. And the way the compensatory picks work is your net losses have to outweigh your gains. And if they're going to be very active in free agency, that was going to leave the Bears two choices. To franchise Roquan Smith again. I mean, franchise him. Make him not again. Franchise him. Make him the first off-ball linebacker to get a franchise tag since David Harris in 2011. And now it's going to be about $20.5 million. Or just let him go in free agency and get him for nothing. So, the compensatory pick compensation they would have gotten at best Excuse me, there would be no compensatory pick compensation because the gains are going to, the free agent gains are going to outweigh the losses. So it was either losing for nothing, you get something now. If they didn't, if they weren't going to franchise, they could have franchised them for the express purpose of trading him, but would they have gotten anything more than what they got now? Probably not um, in that trade. So it makes sense from that standpoint, particularly since Ryan Poles came out and said signability was an issue. Uh, based on how things went the last negotiation during the preseason. So that's a move that didn't think it was going to come during the season, but is understandable. Now, Bears are also buyers. That um, After getting rid of their best two defensive players, the Bears went out and got a weapon for Justin Fields as well. That... Chase Claypool comes over from Pittsburgh for a um, 2023 second-round pick, the Bears pick. The uh, Packers were in the mix to get um, Claypool and reportedly were willing to give up a second-round pick because they really need to do something with wide receiver and didn't um, at the trading deadline. Pittsburgh thought that Chicago pick was going to be better for them than the Green Bay pick, although both teams have a 3-5 and five record. But not all 3-5 and five records are created equally. Bears, teardown mode, rebuilding. Um, they traded Khalil Mack during the offseason for second and fifth round picks. We're cutting players left and right. Clear rebuild. The Packers have had a stranglehold on the um, NFC North up until this year. They were the preseason favorite to win the NFC North. They lost um, four games last year, 13-4. and four. Had home field in the NFC. 
and they've lost five games already, three and five. So Minnesota six and one. They're just looking at a wild card spot, most likely, unless Minnesota implodes and they can get their act together. But they stood pat. Makes me wonder whether they just weren't going. They're going to go so far. Uh, Alfred second round pick for Claypool. That's a uh, uncharacteristic for Green Bay. Green Bay is a team which believes in drafting and developing. They don't make trades at the trading deadline. It's been over a decade since they've even they've done something like that. But if they really wanted Claypool, would they've thrown in a late round pick to sweeten it or something? Outside of getting Odell Beckham Jr., they're gonna have to rely on those young receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, etc. Hope that Sammy Watkins can stay healthy. They get Randall Cobb back. But um, disappointment from the Green Bay fan base that they did not make a move. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This helps Chicago in terms of their evaluating process with Justin Fields to see if he is actually their long-term solution at quarterback. They got Darnell Mooney on the other side, now Claypool. They traded for Nikhil Harry in the preseason, so they'll get a chance to see if Fields is the guy. They're going to add more weapons in the offseason, presumably, or beef up the offensive line, which will help in the evaluation process. But part this trade was partially done because it's going to be slim pickings in the free agent market uh, for wide receivers. Any receiver worth his salt <laughs> uh, signed an extension, and they all got paid. <laughs> um, you had four wide receivers making $20 million per year or more. Now you're up to fourteen. Um, and that includes Julio Jones getting released. So you're not going to have the receiver market that you had, potentially could have had if some of these guys didn't sign extensions. Plus, may not be the same type of year in the draft for receivers that we've seen the past couple of years. So getting a young receiver who is under contract through 2023 may have been the best thing. The guy who's going to benefit, looks like he's going to benefit the most from uh, the limited supply may be Juju Smith-Schuster um, or Michael Thomas, assuming he gets traded, cut um, with the, the foot, toe injuries. Hasn't really done anything since he signed his contract extension. Um, I think that was in 2020. But receiver market is not going to be strong, so this makes sense on one level for uh, Chicago to go out and get Chase Claypool. Now, there's another trade which involved a wide receiver, which is really interesting. (laughs) Uh, Calvin Ridley, who is suspended for the year for betting on games last year, which is the big taboo in the NFL, 
His contract told. He's supposed to be in his fifth-year option for $11.116 million. That told, um, which means fifth-year option was supposed to take place in 2022 and now takes place in 2023. Also, my understanding is that the option, which is fully guaranteed, the guarantees voided with the suspension, so that's now unsecured money. But um, the way the trade is listed on the transaction sheets, it's uh, a conditional fifth-round pick in 2023 and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024. This could be the 2023 pick could drop to a sixth-round pick if he's not reinstated by a certain date, according to reports. And... The fourth round pick becomes a third round pick based on him hitting certain playtime thresholds or could be as high as a second round pick if he signs a contract extension. Ridley's turning 28 in December, but in 2020 he had his breakout year. 90 catches, 1,374 yards, and 9 touchdowns. So this is a true number one receiver that Jacksonville has potentially gotten um, no cap charges this year because his his um, salary is not counting on the books for now. There's no 22-2022 cap charge, but once he's reinstated, that 11.116 million goes on to um, Jacksonville's books. Have not, I don't recall a suspended player being traded, particularly one who was suspended for an entire season. That's probably the biggest surprise of the trades that we had um, at the trading deadline. Interdivision trades aren't the norm in the NFL. Um, Two of the more prominent NFL um, interdivision trades involve quarterbacks back in 2002 uh, after the Patriots won a Super Bowl with a Young Tom Brady, Drew Bredsoe, who had been the longtime starter, was traded to Buffalo Bills um, involving a first-round pick. Then the Eagles, when they got rid of Donovan McNabb, traded him to the Commanders. That's in the division. We had one of those um, on Tuesday as well. Uh, TJ Hawkinson stays in the NFC North. And he goes from the uh, Detroit Lions, who are 1-6, to the Minnesota Vikings, who are leading the division at 6-1. and one. Um, So Minnesota traded a second-round pick in 2023 and a third-round pick in 2024 for Hawkinson, um, a 2023 fourth-round pick, and a conditional... 2024 fourth round pick. So that's a 2023 third round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick, which drops to a fifth round pick. The Vikings win a playoff game. I'm not sure that if that's a 2022 playoff win or 2023 or any playoff win, but that those were the reports on the conditions on the trade. Now, typically you try to keep your best young players. Hawkinson is in his third year. Pro Bowl tight end in 2020 in the NFC, and that was partially because the two guys who 
made it impossible to go to the Pro Bowl. George Kittle was hurt, and Zach Ertz was hurt. So that opened up spots, and Hawkinson, the year the Pro Bowl wasn't played because the pandemic, was named as the starter. So this is interesting to me from a Lions standpoint that they're going to be in contention for the first overall pick next year. We'll probably take a quarterback. Tight ends are a security blanket for young top for young quarterbacks. Dan Campbell, when he played in the NFL, the Lions head coach was a tight end. Trades a tight end. Signifies to me that one, they're not afraid of uh, facing TJ Hawkinson twice a year. And two, they had no intention of paying him the going rate for upper echelon tight ends. Now, to me, this deal, if it was ever going to get done, got more complicated because of David Njoku, who is having a better year than he's ever had before now that he's not splitting time with Austin Hooper at tight end. He was franchised by Cleveland, and the Browns gave him a four-year deal for base value that averages $13,687,500. So, to me, that was going to be the floor for Hawkinson. Um, Hawkinson is in his third year. Um, He's played three years, I should say. He's in year four. And next year, there's a fifth-year option for $9.392 million. So uh, that's fully guaranteed, fifth-year option. Um, so I guess Minnesota's going to be more comfortable paying um, Hawkinson in that territory as opposed to uh, the Lions. Now, for Minnesota, this is the end of Herb Smith's time in Minnesota, and less than ideal circumstances for Herb Smith, and this is part of the reason the trade was made, Herb Smith, high ankle sprain, put on IR, out anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, season most likely over, Uh, he's in a contract year, last year missed the season because of meniscus tear, (laughs) basically being injured for the better part of two seasons is not ideal when you're trying to go into free agency, but The Vikings obviously feel that they can get to a Super Bowl. You don't make this trade without without thinking so. But they got Dalvin Cook at running back, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and now T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. So this just makes that offense uh, more potent. Now, last but not least will be uh, the Bradley Chubb trade. Uh, And Bradley Chubb was someone that came into this year needing to have a really good year because in 2021, Bradley Chubb had slowed by ankle injuries, ankle surgeries, and didn't get a sack in the seven games he's played. Then... This is a guy that his whole career has been kind of injured. 12 sacks as a rookie in 2018. Played four games in 2019. Tore his left ACL. 2020, came back and earned Pro Bowl honors. So with that spotty history, the Broncos are having to plan his fifth-year option uh, this year. 
There's no way that you were going to extend this guy. So he's playing on a $12.716 million fifth-year option. And he's having a, arguably the best year of his career. Five and a half sacks in eight games. So Miami is going for broke. Five and, five and three Dolphins not been shy about making trades. And the Miami Dolphins, in order to get Bradley Chubb and also got a fifth-round pick in 2025 in the process, gave up running back Chase Edmonds, um, who'd fallen out of favor in Miami. Their 20, San Francisco's 2023 first-round pick, and that's from them moving down um, so that the Niners could take uh, – Trey Lance, and a fourth-round pick in 2024. For Denver, there's a team that, was, that, unless things turn around dramatically, not making the playoffs. So they gave up mortgage the farm for Russell Wilson. Didn't have a first-round pick in 2023 or a second-round pick in 2023. So this is a way to recoup some draft capital. They now get back into the first round in 2023. Something that doesn't happen very often with trades is if a guy's in a contract year like Chubb, is you get a deal done. Doesn't happen too often. I remember in 2018, right around Labor Day, Khalil Mack was traded from the Raiders to the Bears. Contract was done within 48 hours. Jamal Adams, when he was traded um, in the preseason a couple of years ago, no contract done. Midseason trade for Jalen Ramsey, 2019, going from the Jaguars to the Rams, no contract done. More often than not, the contract isn't done. Um, there's Dolphins had permission to talk to Chubb's agent to work out parameters of a contract to see if it's going to, and that was probably to see if it was going to make sense that we can get something done for the contract before we make the trade because they may have had reservations about not knowing what the uh, asking price was or what they were looking for. But less than 72 hours later, or really 48 hours later, get a new contract and Chubb's now signed to a five-year extension 410 million dollars averaging 22 million per year um, there's 63 million 212 444,000 total guarantees based on um, reports from pro football talk just piecing the contract together 33 million 462,444 dollars fully guaranteed um, by next March, that jumps to $53,212,444, which will be, that's a practical guarantee. That last $10 million is just um, an injury guarantee. Um, the last $10 million in guaranteed money of the 2025, $10 million of the 2025 base salary, base salary is just guaranteed for injury. This makes uh, Chubb the sixth highest paid edge rusher by average yearly salary. And given the durability concerns, there's a risk here. When he's healthy, this makes sense. This is a guy that 
that injury history better for this to really work out from a compensation standpoint and also the new contract uh, he better stay healthy one thing that is in this contract which I thought would be given the durability concerns is they're pretty significant uh, per game roster bonuses and by that um, you have to be on the active roster each game to earn the money in the per-game roster bonuses. So the Dolphins will get cap relief and also save money if uh, Chubb does not stay healthy. And starting in 2024, running through 2027, they're $680,000 in per-game roster bonuses annually. So that's $40,000 per game. Um, a per game roster bonuses so that makes that something I expected in the deal there's Pro Bowl incentives of 250 uh, per year uh, for making the Pro Bowl being named the Pro Bowl you know there's no Pro Bowl game which is being played anymore um, to me looks like um, the most uh, important data point was Max Crosby that he signed Back in March, a, an extension with the Raiders, four-year extension averaging $23.5 million per year. So that's the latest young pass rusher deal in the marketplace. So that probably factored in the equation. Figured the way Chubb was playing this year, the deal was going to have a two in front of it. The first number is at least going to be $20 million per year. Got a long-term pass rusher now. To go with um, getting Tyreek Hill pre-draft in a trade, um, which has changed the offense. Looks like Tua Tungavailoa is going to be the long-term solution at quarterback. That was a question mark going into this year. So at some point, you're going to have him on a long-term deal. He's not eligible to one for one until the end of the uh regular season, whether he gets one or plays out year four on the rookie contract remains to be seen. But this was probably the biggest deal of um, trading deadline day. One guy who's probably really happy about this deal is Brian Burns. The Panthers decided that they were going to keep certain core players after trading Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. And Burns was the guy that drew the most interest. Uh, there are reports that the Rams, who did not make a trade, surprisingly, given their F them picks philosophy, um, offered a offered 2024 and 2025 first round picks. Well, that's two first round picks, but that's probably not going to help the current regime. Scott Fitterer, the GM, may or may not be around in 2024, 2025. So those picks, granted the first-round picks, wouldn't necessarily help his cause. Um, Matt Rule was fired uh, earlier in the season, so there's going to be a new head coach. They're trying to keep their core intact for presumably the rookie quarterback uh, they get. So um, with their 2-6 and six record, wonder if David Tepper, the owner, wasn't all that upset that they missed the extra point and then the subsequent field goal in overtime, which could have made the whole NFC South 3-5, and five, um, because partially because D.J. Moore celebrating in the end zone after a miraculous, uh, basically Hail Mary catch <laughs> uh, from P.J. Walker 
tied the game in the extra the 15 yard celebration penalty made a 48 yard extra point which was missed <laughs> so was tapper was tepper like hey nice effort glad we're two and six makes it easier for us to get the draft pick or they really want to go to three and five but either way quarterback's going to be their main priority in the offseason and keeping the core intact but um, Burns doesn't have the injury history that uh, Chubb has. Named the Pro Bowl as a starting NFC last year. So, 2020, $22 million per year now serves as a floor for Brian Burns for when the Carolina Panthers um, negotiate his extension. He's in his fourth year. So, next year is uh, Burns will be on a... Uh, fifth-year option. So I would expect a Burns deal to get done um, sometime in the offseason, and they'll be able to pay him because they're not going to have any money invested in, in quarterback um, in Carolina, not significant money. And Burns' fifth-year option is $16.012 million. But Packers couldn't get a wide receiver, which was surprising. Da- Dallas was... Um, sniffing around Brandon Cooks and didn't make a trade for them. From an optical standpoint, maybe it's better they didn't because you were didn't thought twenty million per year was too much to keep Amari Cooper. He's scheduled to make twenty million this year. You basically instead of cutting him, took what you could from the Browns. Then if you instead of just restructuring him to create cap room, if you go out and get Brandon Cooks, who's got a fully guaranteed $18 million base salary next year because of the extension he did, eh, optically, that would have been interesting. But that's one of the, that's probably the main reason Brandon Cooks wasn't traded, trying to deal with that $18 million per year fully guaranteed base salary. That's probably why Green Bay wasn't really in on him, plus the reports are that the Texans had an insane asking price, wanted more than a second-round pick for him. And Cooks wasn't very happy that he wasn't traded. Um, the Rams stood pat and involved the action this year at the trading deadline, which I also think they're partially responsible for because the NFL is a copycat league that by sacrificing premium picks that – they won a Super Bowl last year, and teams, at least now, it seems like the philosophy is if we think we can add a piece that can get us over the hump, we are. So we saw that more so this year than the other year. Um, so the more teams out there making trades, it was disadvant- wasn't to the Rams' advantage in terms of trying to make a trade. It wasn't for lack of trying. They were in the mix for Christian McCaffrey or outbid by the 49ers, but couldn't get another running back in place. They got the second worst rushing attack in the league. They're 31st in yards per carry and 31st in yards per game. So that's a glaring need. Cam Akers has been dis- Akers has been disgruntled, didn't want to be there, but now it seems like he's mended fences. Um, Kareem Hunt was... Uh, supposedly available from the Browns, and they wanted a fourth-round pick. The Rams don't have a fourth-round pick, though. 
2023. That went in the Sonny Michelle trade in 2021 preseason, so that just made that harder. Um, Tampa didn't make a trade. They're three and four. Um, they're just out of first place behind the Falcons in NFC South. That's a winnable division if they can somehow turn it around. But, but just like the Rams, they have multiple holes. So they have the worst rushing game, running game in the NFL, but still have a hole with Rob Gronkowski retiring and now Shaq uh, Barrett, the best edge rusher towards Achilles. They're standing pat. So those are two teams along with the Packers that were thought to be favorites heading in the preseason or heading the regular season for the NFC. None of them above 500, and all three could miss the playoffs. I don't see all three making the playoffs. I'd say that the Buccaneers probably have the best shot because they're in the worst division in football, could get hot and win it. But never expected that this week's um, tilt between the Buccaneers and the Rams feature two teams under 500 and might be a wild card elimination game instead of being a game which could have implications on who has home field advantage in the NFC. But, okay, that's going to be it for this week's Inside the Cap as we uh, recap the trading deadline. Um, don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also in the regular CBSSports.com column, agents taking NFL salary cap matters. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>